Opinions unqualified. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Opinion Unqualified. I think it's episode 40. Yeah, it is 40. 40. I'm sure. 40. Yeah, 40. So that's 40 weeks, 10 months of, uh, of us getting together every single week. Um, a little bit different today. We do have some sunlight. Yeah, Usually is. we record it at, uh, in the evening on a Monday. Um, but uh, I, I was busy. <laughs> so we, we're Fair gone today. Enough. Plus, um, it's a public holiday today. So hello, Sammy. Welcome. Thank you. Um, it's always great to be here. It's always fun. A uh, bit different, but it's all right. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot of excitement about last week having having chat on, and I didn't actually think we could could get someone as big a profile as Chad, and we haven't. But we've still, <laughs> but we've still got a, a sensational guy, and and another uh, fortunately for me a family member of mine who I, I love very dearly. Uh, my cousin Bruno, say so hello Bruno. Hey guys, how you going? Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Um, so, we are recording on Australia Day, Sammy. We are. So, um, I've noticed probably in the last five years that there's been a major swing in the public perception of what Australia Day is. And I think, you know, me growing up in the 80s and going to school in the 80s, there was no exposure to, to actually what happened. It was... It was um, particularly on the date, um, yeah. it was more, you know, we're celebrating Australia as a country and I guess you know what you know, yeah, for lack exactly. of a better it's your description own here. What you know, not what you've been taught kind of thing. Yeah. Was it, Bruno, because you're similar age to me, um, was it the same for you? Like growing up Australia, was there any negative sort of association with, with Australia Day when you were a kid? No, no, definitely not. And I think that's just, you know, part of the school syllabus and, and everything that was surrounding you. It was about, you know, Australia Day was, uh, you know, about the foundation of Australia, um, celebrating with your mates, you know, having barbecues, uh, families, friends and, and, and everything, you know, that we all thought it was. But I guess when you look at it, you know, Australia Day doesn't, you know, actually represent the actual foundation of Australia, you know, as, as, a, as a country, you know, that's actually January 1st. Yeah. Um, and then when you, you know, you don't have much Indigenous culture in, in history during the, you know, the, the 80s and 90s while you're at school, it's only happened now. So I think for, for me, it's, uh, it's definitely changed what my opinion of, of Australia Day is. I love it. For, you know, I think there, there should be something there that we celebrate Australia. Uh, we should be very proud. I think we are a lucky country. Um, but for me personally, um, whether it's on the 26th of January or whatever day is more suitable, mm. you know, what, what's going to bring us together? And I don't think change is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah I, I think, and again, I'm, I'm the same. My perception has changed completely since I've been more educated by probably, um, you know, the Indigenous people that I, that I know and just, just how they feel about the day. Like, you don't realise, and I guess I'm in a privileged situation being, you know, a white male in Australia, um, that's probably the top of the totem pole in regards to privilege. Um, so, so for me, I was I wasn't educated. I feel enough, but I feel like my children that are going to school now have a, a different idea and a different perception, and they've got because of the Indigenous studies and things that they're getting in school that, um, you know. So I think I think their their perception of the day is really really different to what mine is, and and mine's definitely changed as well. And I, I agree, we need to have a day where we celebrate Australia for the country it is now and probably not um, celebrate um, some of the atrocities and, and you know, uh, the violence and, you know, that, that um, can be 
can be sort of related to the day, you know, as it was. Did you feel different in school, Sam, being a little bit younger than us? I think I was probably, I mean, not that I remember much from primary school, but I don't think it was, still wasn't pushed um, compared to now when I'm in there, um, like on my practice and stuff, and I see how much is um, being taught and how much the kids are learning about Indigenous cultures, probably worlds different to even what I got as a kid. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, if it changes the day to make everyone feel included and, and feel better, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think, I reckon, I don't know, this might be my own thought, but I think a lot of the problem with a lot of people that don't want to change the date are just worried that they're going to lose a public holiday. <laughs> you know, like, because I think they're so wound that, you know, it's a piss up for them. And they think, you know, if we get rid of this day, like, are we going to have a public holiday where I can get pissed mm. or, you know, go out and do stuff? And it's like, if that's your main priority, then I don't know, you know. Yeah. I, I kind of draw it in some form of comparison. When, when you look at it, those, those people that don't want the change or they argue uh, against it, so as if they're, they're going to miss out on something or, or they're fearful of something which is really not, not there. And, and two major things that have happened in, in, uh, in history... Like, you know, you're talking about when women couldn't vote and then mm. they could vote, you know, and there was such, you know, uh, resistance by, you know, many men, white men, wasps, as they say, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant men where they were saying women shouldn't vote. And then they voted. And what did that take away from the world? Nothing, you know. Mm. And then now, you know, in the last few years, when you look at gay marriage and, and equal rights, you know, the people who had the, the probably the biggest um, fear or angst against it was as if it was going to impact their lives and take something away from them. And it had nothing to do with them at all. Like, if you're not, you know, that way inclined or, or you've got different belief systems and things like that, you still continue to go to church and do what you want to do and live your life. How does that impact you, you know? Like, unless you're looking for it to, to make a point of it. And I think maybe also with Australia Day, it's like people saying that, oh, we shouldn't change the date because it's, you know, this is the date. And when you really ask them why, is it really going to make a difference? Because the sentiment of why you want to celebrate Australia Day will be the same if it's on any other day of the year, mm. you know? I want to know if you if we if we put out like a poll or even if you just ask um, anyone, um, why is Australia Day on the 26th? I wonder how many people would actually know why. That it's on the 26th? Yeah. Yeah, well... You know what I mean? Like, I to be honest, I don't even know why it's on the 26th. Like, I couldn't give a reason why. Yeah. It's just, that's what day it was. I think that's the day we landed, wasn't it? The, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and that's why there's such a, a negative uh, feeling from the indigenous population right. because that's when we we, we did and, and that's why there's, there's a big push for, for calling it invasion day yeah because mm -hmm. that's the yeah, day so that we, we, we landed so um, like I can understand the hurt and the pain and when you think about your your history if you look back you know um, and, and you've got a dark period for, for, for you, even though you didn't didn't know these people but they, they're direct descendants um, you know, there's got to be some sort of emotional like turmoil or impact mm. um, from that. So, if, like, from my from my perspective, changing the day is probably going to be a positive thing because it will bring, you know, the whole of Australia together. Um, and I think that's what it's the day, the day is intended to be: is a day where all Australians, no matter if you're immigrant, no matter if you're Indigenous, no matter if you're, you know, white Anglo-Saxon, um, we can celebrate the fact that we live in a free country. Um, you know that um, that celebrates all um, creeds and colours and, and religions and sexual preferences um, because of the fact that we're a free country and 
And I know a lot of the time it doesn't feel like uh, for some of those people that were in a, a free country, but we're, we're very privileged to be here um, and, and we, sh we need a day to celebrate. But I think there has to be some, um, I guess, historical sensitivity uh, yeah. towards the people that are impacted in a negative way. Um, so from my perspective, change the day. Um, we still get a public holiday. People still what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it's a big subject and I appreciate you guys sharing your thoughts on that because it can be something that divides you know, even in my own friendship group, I have division, you know, there. And it's yeah, sometimes it can be a tough thing with um, friend groups as well and mm. stuff like that. Just people's different opinions. And um, I do, uh, watching a couple of Joe Rogan's podcasts recently, and usually he has a guest on that's probably pretty far in a different opinion to the majority of people. And, and he really pushes the kind of, people can have different uh, thoughts but just respect, mm. you know, like there needs to be that respect, I guess, in both ways of what people are going through or what they're trying to push. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. Um, so today, Sam, on the way, got us coffee. So I'm just I'm throwing us off track here a little bit because I was just thinking about this. So there's a massive trend now of gyms that have cafes. But there's so many, I see a lot of gyms and they have cafes in the gym. And I keep thinking to myself, if I've just done a workout, the last thing I want is a coffee. Like genuinely, that's the last thing I want. So I'm, I'm wondering like who honestly thought that, that was a good idea to start with. And it seems that they're successful. So look, do you guys have a, like you do a tough workout, do you have a, have a coffee? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. But they, you know, these places, they do smoothies and, and stuff like that. And, um, and then also they do food. Yep. So... After a workout, you might be a bit hungry or, you know, if you've got work straight after and you don't have time to go home and you haven't prepped any food, then you grab a something to go and whatnot, so... Is, it, is there something wrong with me? Because I don't want to eat after I work out either. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And for me, yeah, definitely. I mean, after my workout, you know, if I, have a, if I have a big workout and hit out, I'm probably having a protein shake or something healthy and, you know, get on with my day and I might have a coffee later on or something like that because I'll do it quite early. Um... But I, I can't help but just envision, like I know there's there's a you know a club up in Kings Park that they've got a bar and, and wine mm. and you know uh, and I can just imagine people you know walking lazily on the treadmill for you know <laughs> an hour and, and throughout that time they're talking not ever losing their breath yeah uh, and then they get off that treadmill and then they go you know in their uh, workout gear uh, <laughs> yeah down to the bar and then they're you know, having a beer or wine and then they're talking for another hour and they feel that, oh, they've, they've kind they've of done, done enough <laughs> to, you know, to, to work off the, the calories of the wine. I think that's just really unusual. I mean, look, people, everyone's different and social activity and I think interaction is really, really important. But for me, if I, if I go to the gym, you know, I'm there to, you know, to, you know, not be a fat bastard and, yeah. and get, get fit. Sweat on. You know? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think, look, because I'll, I'll have times because it varies what time I, I work out. Yeah. But I'll work out hard, but after that workout, a cold beer is actually <laughs> really quite refreshing um, after after doing it. So I think if like Varsity, say Varsity Bar in Joondal up, if yeah. they had a gym there, 
<laughs> I'd probably, you know. <laughs> that's a bit of an extreme. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so F45 should move into Varsity or yeah, something. They should much, have some yeah, joint yeah. venture there. Yeah. Well, like, it would be a symbiotic uh, relationship because you'd have to, if you go to one or the other, you'd have to keep on going to one or the other because, you know, yeah. you're hungry, then you're putting on weight, you got to go work it off. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think the, and you look at the burgers that they have there, yeah, like the same run burger, like a massive burger, and you're like, well, man, I'd probably have to do five workouts to get rid of that. But Hell yeah. Yeah, it seems like good, good value. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. So firstly, Sam, thanks for getting us yeah, coffee. No worries. A legend. I, I love it. Um, you come in and you're driving a lot more recently because you're, you're doing some other work and, and come in with a bit of a story for us, Sammy. Yeah, well, as we, um, I'm sure earlier on in our podcasts, um, for our uh, listeners that have been there since day one or gone back there, um, I'm pretty sure road talk was quite a heavy subject for us. I think we most of the podcasts we got some sort of um, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of anger yeah. towards, <laughs> towards we, other drivers. We definitely used the podcast early to really get rid of some demons yeah. <laughs> that, we, that we had in front of us. But um, you know, still to this day, on the freeway, you stick left unless you're overtaking. Then you you move around right. Um, that's the way it's meant well, that's, to work. That's how yeah. I believe. Um, anyway, so I like to put cruise control on. And um, so I had cruise control on and I was zooming past some cars. And this would have been avoided if... Because it was like four lanes, yep. right? But, you know, the lanes... Um, everyone from Joondla is in, those, in the right-hand lanes yep. because the road expands from inside yep. instead of outside so everyone sticks in those two lanes the whole way down to the city yep. um, so if a couple of those cars had just moved to the left lane I wouldn't. we wouldn't have had a problem here but anyway good music was on cruise control what was the music? Oh, I don't know I can't remember the song but it was good yeah it was yep. good music that's all that matters yep. um, cruise along having a little bit of a boogie in the car um and then some car gets in the right, right-hand lane in front of me and is doing about 10 kilometers an hour slower than what I was doing, mm. right? And then obviously I'm, I'm dancing in the car, having a sing-along. Probably some swear words came out as well in between. Um, and then um, the, the lady that was driving the car because she could see that my hands were wailing around a bit, not because I was mad, but because it was a good good song. And then she um, put her hands up in the review mirror, like to take the piss, because I she thought that I was obviously um, having a fair crack at her um, <laughs> on the thing, which was quite funny because it was. Which I, honestly, you had every right to. Yeah, like, was, if she's ten k's under the speed limit you, in that lane, you have every right to go mental. In my opinion, I think that's like oh. a free swing. No, I, I agree, and it just it brings back comments that I remember oh, it, was, it was at a Christmas uh, lunch I had years ago I'm talking like 15 20 years ago showing my age and it was with a with an ex-in-laws and I remember the uh, the father-in-law we were talking about speeding or like just going the speed limit and keeping left and, and he said to, to me this comment he goes well you know it's the speed limit you don't have to drive to it it's just the limit of the road and I was like <laughs> if it's a hundred on the freeway 
you're going 100. Yeah, you know, yeah. if, you go, if you're going to go 90 or 80, then you've got to go far left and just you can't go on whatever lane you want. I mean, yeah. there's a reason. It's actually, it is dangerous and yeah. it's frustrating and all the rest of it. And he totally disagreed. He goes, it's the speed limit. And I was like, right, you're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think, if, if you're in the right lane, yeah. minimum 105 in the 100 zone. Yeah, well, as long as yep. you're, as long as whatever car in that next lane, you're passing them yep. at a half decent rate, um, you know, then you can be in that lane. But if you're not passing anyone, or you're going severely underneath, the, mm-hmm. if you're going under a hundred and you're in the far yep. right lane, yep. um, you probably shouldn't be there. I agree. Um, but it was quite funny, just because her reaction really made it like she felt like she was severely entitled to be in the far right lane going 93 hmm. you know and i was like oh yeah come on now <laughs> let's let's but it's funny because like the amount of times now where i'll be i'll start i'll go from the left lane all the way to the right lane and then some people get really afraid to go on the left lane so sometimes it's best just to hang on the left and you end up zooming past everyone that's in the right hand lane it's really interesting i've worked out in the mornings like you drive into the city the left mm. lane's actually quicker. Hmm. Yeah. It's quicker because the car's sort of coming off and the way the freeway's designed now is actually just not too bad. So, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, vaping, Sam? Yeah. Um, very interesting. Um, it's blown up in a lot of people's faces, I think. Yeah, see. Hasn't it? Hasn't it, there been lots of reports that of vape machines blowing up? Yeah. yeah. I... I, I, I I kind of find it disgusting. People like they stay, they vape around in public spaces and, and they have the fragrant smells and I'm mm. like going, I'm smelling your lungs because yeah. that's where it's been. Yeah. And, and yeah. I like, yeah, I'm very anti-smoking and, 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 and the rest and I'm like, going, yeah, I don't really like it. Yeah. Do you know what I've noticed lately talking about driving? Yeah. The amount of people that smoke in their cars. Mm, yeah. Like, I was driving the other day and it was from like north of the river into the city. I think there must have been three cars just smoke pouring out of them you know and I'm just thinking who who does that mm. you know and I think have you ever if you've ever bought a car that oh. a smoker previously owned you can no, never get rid of that smell disgusting yeah it's it's the the worst it's like getting a hotel room yeah and you say non-smoking and the hotel was just like this is years ago like 10-15 years I don't know yeah. wherever yeah. you're travelling overseas and now you know no hotel room to smoking but it used to be a smoking room and you can tell because yeah. it still stinks still smells yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. And you see, like, smokers, their hands, and mm. they've got, like, stains, like, yellow stains yeah. on their fingers. I just, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. Especially, well, in our climate as well. Um, you know, on those real hot days, flicking ash yeah. into the wind is probably not the, um, the best thing. It's no. probably how a few yeah, fires yeah. start, I'd say. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Throw so. a cigarette out the window, fire yeah, starts. You know, yeah, yeah. It's nothing yeah. worse, I think, 40 degree heat day and you've got your little fire in your mouth yeah. <laughs> like that's not cool man yeah. like, it's just like just <laughs> you've made your own little environment and you're like 45 degrees yeah. now yeah, yeah, yeah oh man yeah, that, yeah I'm not yeah I'm not into that at all anyway yeah but I, I agree that's yeah, some people the fact that the government straight away didn't say vaping was uh, illegal like smoking in certain areas was a bit disappointing but I think everywhere now you can't vape either so mm-hmm. I think I think that's a real positive yeah um I don't think I can't remember the last time I went to a gig, yeah, and saw someone smoking. What do you mean? Like a music gig, so you go to a gig, yeah, 
Whereas when I was young, like you'd go to a big day out, say. Oh, right, be out, people like outdoor, yeah. Smoking well, and sections now, aren't there? Outdoor. Yeah, well, I don't like, think you can actually smoke in there. So I think there might be small yeah. sections, yeah, yeah. Them, but they're only tiny, and they yeah. put them way at the back where yeah. they deserve to be. No, when they, you know, <laughs> so a little pathway through the hills, <laughs> sort of in the next suburb. <laughs> but anyway, um, talking about um, gigs, Bruno, you've been involved in uh, electronic music for mm-hmm. like a long period of, of time now, and you've got a little little thing happening, which is cool, and you've been in and out and out of it. And are you back in it? Uh, I don't know. I I, uh, I was out of it, and then got back in it. You know, under duress. Not. I really wanted to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> at the work Christmas party. Yeah. Because um, I saw that recently. Work yeah, that was, was pretty like, yeah, epic. That cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to put it into context, obviously, you know, we're in this COVID state. Um, you know, events are really tough to do now, and, and you're not having international touring artists and things like that. And then through people that I know and and you know mutual people that I work with, um, you know, you've got these fantastic you know international caliber artists that can't travel anywhere um so what do we do we 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 book them for our uh end of year christmas party at work so <laughs> so people who know music you know we, we had a, a guy called dr packer who used to you know who he is like one of the best uh house music producers for defected records and and you know was a, a legend in the drum and bass scene as, as greg packer um we had a, a, a young rising star tina says come on board and she's been huge in the hottest 100 and she's been uh, supporting some big acts uh, and then we had uh, another homegrown heroes um, Slumberjack who you know, yeah. blowing up uh, and they're amazing and they, they were all there at our, at our work Christmas party so um, <laughs> you know we uh, it was very COVID safe uh, everyone was you know, maintaining their distance yeah. um, <laughs> I'm sure they were <laughs> but it was, a, it, was a, it was a cracking cracking event but um, yeah look I mean when, when um, you know when I participate and I, and, I, and I get into those events and things like that definitely I'm passionate about it I, I just love music I mean I played saxophone when I was young. Um, always had that as who doesn't as part love of a mine. saxophone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's part of the, the South American blood, you know, conflicting with the Croatian blood. It's a, that bit of craziness in me. But I know, like, good music and good times. I mean, I've been to um, rock concerts. One of the best rock concerts I went to was actually Alice Cooper, which I never thought I'd like. Yeah, right. But it was yeah. old school rock. It didn't have digital displays. It literally had these massive curtains dropping down with all these themes and sets and stuff like that and, and he's got his vocal still um, but then just the same you know when you know seeing the prodigy before Keith Flint passed away unfortunately yeah. and that was amazing and I, I think just music just pulls people together and like minded people you have a thousand or a hundred or twenty people uh, at a house party and um, if they're all vibing it it's pretty cool it's yeah, pretty it is, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree I agree my, my question to, to a DJ now, now that we've got a DJ here and I've always wondered, because when you watch like a DJ set, like Tomorrowland or something like that, and you watch the DJs up there, right? Yeah. And you're like, that is sick, right? And they're, they're flicking buttons and they're doing this and <laughs> doing that, you know, taking the headphones on, putting them back on. Yeah. And it's like... The one headphone... How many, like, how many of those button flicks and twists actually, actually do, do something? something to the thing? <laughs> and how much of it is just um, old mate sitting on the plane... Doing the mix. Doing the pre-production. Right, yeah. Oh, look, I think that is actually one of the biggest um, arguments or discussion that happens in, in that in that world, I guess you could say. And you definitely have, you know, musicians, uh, you know, who, you know, let's say, playing a rock band, they'll, they'll argue against, against what a DJ is not a real musician and whatnot. But I think you just have to take it for its merit. Um, 
you know, I'd say definitely majority of DJs or producers, they do a lot more of their work, you know, before their performance. Yeah. Um, you know, preparing the music production, whether editing it or sampling um, and, and, and items like that. Um, and it's, it's a different type of performance once you get on stage. Um, but yeah, it depends on the genre of music and things like that. I mean, I, for me, you know, anything that I do and most of the people of the, you know, that, that play the music that I like, you know, when they're DJing, you know, all the button pushes and what they're doing and all that is actually making a difference. It's, <laughs> it's actually pulling in tracks or sampling yeah. or doing whatever, right? Um, but, you know, there is a lot of, you know, urban legend or talk that some people, though, might pre-record a lot of things and, and it's just basically there for the show, you yeah. know? Um, and part of it is on some of those shows. I mean, when you look at those massive, those setups, let's say like Tomorrowland, yeah. and it's all synced with lighting, you know, pyrotechnics and all the rest of it, there will be some segments of some of those main stage shows where you've got like 50,000 people in front of you that they want to go seamlessly. And you're there for the entertainment factor. Mm. So yeah. there, there was a CEO who, of uh, Beatport, which is the biggest um, online music um, portal in the world. And he actually said in a forum once, he goes, I couldn't care if, you know, whatever number one DJ at Tomorrowland went there and he just pressed play and he played to the crowd. But if every, every person in the crowd had a fantastic time and they loved the moment, because what does it matter? It matters to the purists and matters yeah. to this and that. For me, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't, don't think that's right. But um, See, I think yeah, it's different. Yeah. I think it's fine as long as, because if they've created that music previously, they've released that music yeah. mm-hmm. and they've put it together... Well, what's what's wrong with that? Like, I don't see anything wrong with that personally. They get up there, they entertain the crowd, they talk to the crowd, like they play the songs the way that you like them, and yeah, you know, like it's because yeah. it's not like they're there. You know, say they they take a you know a piece of guitar instrumental and they put it in there. It's not like they're sitting there playing that yeah. guitar instrumental. They're pulling yeah. it anyway. So. See, yeah, I I also don't really care, yeah. but like I do one time want to see like one of the people that is uh, accustomed to flicking buttons for no reason when they've got some play. Just to, like, walk up there, you know, give it the, you know, how's everyone going? Are you ready? <laughs> and then just click play and then just sit down. <laughs> 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 just to, like, listen to my sick mix now. Yeah. Like, you know. No, well, there, there is a classic guy who does who does do that as and he does it as you know as a troll and a dead mouse so yeah. he uh yeah he live produces his music so he has his computers and his mpcs and 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 MIDI. he's got all the, the tools on right so when he performs he's actually playing live right but there are certain segments of his set where it's you know he's pre-produced it right yeah so he's literally pressing play and it's running and then literally he'll just go out to the front of his the front of the stage and he'll just sit down. <laughs> and he goes, you know, for this next five minutes, I'm not doing anything because I've already done it. Yeah. It's going to play. You're going to fucking like it and dance and <laughs> love it. And I'm just going to sit here and smile, <laughs> you know. And then he goes back up there and he does what he does, yeah, you know. Cool. So I, I think, yeah, he's, he's a, you know incredibly talented person also. And he, he can take the piss because he knows he can do it. So yeah. he's like, oh, well, now I'm just going to have a little rest. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's really funny, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so do you think this... Because I think in the 90s, like particularly house and drum and bass and that, that were massive. Mm. Massive, massive, massive. Do you think... Um, like, is, is, there still, is there still a scene? Oh, yeah, definitely. There definitely is a scene. And I think in... Um, to be honest, I think because of COVID, um, I think the scene has gotten better. Um, because what, what, what we're having is that pre-COVID, you would have so many um, shows that were coming through and they always had international artists, you know, and that's great because, you know, they're obviously skillful and they bring bring a vibe and, 
and their sound and whatnot. Um, but it was just basically, you know, if you didn't have an international artist on, on your lineup for many shows, um, you know, they, they just didn't get crowds and, mm. and, and you didn't get to hear new music because you basically went to a club which had local DJs, which pretty much were determined by the venue to play the same kind of 100-song track list throughout the night and everyone's heard them. And you could go to several venues in Perth and it's almost like I've just listened to the same music everywhere I go. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, because of COVID, you know, you're not having these international shows. Um, people are really keen to go out. I think they're, they're definitely probably partying harder when they go out to, to clubs and, and pubs and stuff now because they've just been like in a box for so long. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then they're, they're more open to, you know, they've got long, maybe a longer attention spans when the DJ's playing. And, and I definitely see... Um, you know, at some some DJs who you know they they've got the crowd and they'll throw in something that's a little bit more underground or something that's really new and fresh. It hasn't had radio airplay, and the crowd vibes it and they really enjoy it. You know, and I yeah. think that that's actually a really cool thing about DJing is that it's to try to get to that stage where, you know, you've got a following and you can bring something different every time you perform and people like it and they go, I don't know what this track is. I don't know. You know, they're trying to shazam it and it might not be a listed track. It's a track ID. Um, but they're having a good time and they're, they're more about going to the venue and to the party to enjoy themselves and have a good time than listen to all the songs they know. You know, yeah. I mean, the best nights I've ever had is, is going to shows where I don't really know the artists. I love the music and I go, that was awesome and then I become a fan of that artist or that DJ or whatnot yeah. and then you're like going, that was cool, that was an experience. Mm. You know, otherwise I'm just going down to the local club and I've listened to the last 30 songs that's on the top 20 spotify that you can listen to in your car yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. um probably the last one for me in in sort of this little little segment um will we see you on the decks again uh i don't know yeah i mean i won't say no because yeah I, i i yeah just i do love it like it's it's really 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 cool i mean i think you have that connection with people and especially when you have that like minded group um, it sounds demeaning, but you know, you kind of feel like kind of like a puppet master to some yeah, extent, yeah. right? But in a good way because you're like going, you know, those people there are loving it from what you're doing, and, and you're and you're like going, I'm loving it just as much, you know what I mean? So we're on the same wave, and it's just really really enjoyable. So um, yeah, I've got a bit more time on my hands to some extent. So yeah, maybe maybe. And uh, stage name stays the same. Yeah, still Ozra. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, w- I went through a couple of different ones over the yeah, years, yeah, but that's yeah. yeah, that's just nice and easy. I can spell Ozra. it. Yeah, I can spell that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when we talk about sort of big music events, right, so look, I'm I'm a little torn on this particular subject. But what's your preference in regards to say a, a big music event? Say it's your your favourite type of artist inside venue versus outside venue. See, I, I um. So I haven't been a much, but I'm an outside person. Yeah. So I think I'd prefer um, a nice night under the stars, fresh air. Sometimes I don't like being in a you know a club or something like that, and then you're getting all sweaty mm. and like no fresh air. So outdoors, I reckon, would be my uh, Your my preference. choice. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Bruno, um, I think definitely outdoors. I mean, Perth's got some, you know cracking outdoor venues I mean I think probably the you know you've got the top three in my my opinion uh, well I'll say let's say you know top four because I think they're, they're quite diverse is you know you've got Red Hill 
which yep. is, I think is amazing. It is. Uh, overlook, look, looking over the city and, and things like that, which is great. Um, Whitford's Nodes, which has been used for a couple of parties of, of late, which is you know grasslands next to the ocean, which is great. Coast Beach Club, you know, sand in your, you know, in your feet. That's really cool. Um, I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're all like amazing, amazing venues. And then you've got Belvoir, which has just, you know, had a lot of big shows over mm. the years and it's just got a lot of history behind it, or, you know, although it can get hot as hell out there. Um, so I think outdoor festivals are great and I really do enjoy them. But to be honest, I think, and that's why um, I really got into DJing and, and music and especially electronic music, it was that it was more about the people. It's who you go with. But mm. I think that's with a lot of things of life, you know, yeah. you can have you can have New Year's Eve at home and if you've got, you know, couple of your good mates around you could have the best new year's eve ever yeah. you know um it doesn't really matter where you are but um you know I, I do like outdoors but i've had you know small intimate parties where there's only like 20 30 people in a guy's garage um and it was just like just as good as being you know outdoors with you know twenty thousand people yeah yeah it's always interesting with twenty thousand people though you know is, yeah. you see a lot of things that is go it's amazing Man. how many people you know when you go to a festival that yes. big. Like you always run into four or five people that you know that you would never have thought would be there. <laughs> no, no, yeah. And that's a great thing about the music industry too. Or, you know, um, you just... Some people I don't see as often. You know, I'm not, I don't have as many late nights nowadays. But um, you bump into them and you take off where you left because you've got such a strong common interest. Yeah. And you have a drink and you have a bit of a chat and a bit of a dance and da-da-da. And you go, yep, cool hope to catch you around you might not see them for another six 12 months you know yeah. but then when you see them again it's just like oh, how are you going it's yeah. like, it's really really so that's really cool i like that yeah i think like for me it's sort of if if like i'm i, I love the band i've never seen them before um their music like sort of means the world to me i'm picking an indoor venue because generally mm. the sound quality is going to be better yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm going to be able to hear it and listen to it in closed venue um and sometimes those enclosed venues feel a little bit more intimate so mm. depending on like so if I really, if, if I'm about the music, I'm probably thinking indoor. But if I'm about the experience, I'm definitely thinking outdoor. And that's why I loved festivals when I was younger. Just, you know, you've got 30 bands on the bill mm. and you're like, I can see all these different bands just all with my mates, just, you know, uh, and I'm bound to see something new yeah. that I haven't seen before yeah. that one of my friends has really liked that I'd go and watch mm. and go, whoa. Then I've picked up something, you know. Yeah. I remember... I'd never listened to Queens of the Stone Age until I went to a, a festival, which is, is weird, I know, but con considering the music I'm into, but my friend said, look, we need to go see this band. Like, we cannot miss this band. And from that point on, I was like the biggest, you know, <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age fan yeah. that we, we had. So, you know, I, I think yeah, it's definitely uh, depending on what, what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, I think... Yeah, I'm with Bruno. It's about the people. <laughs> with well, good that, people, it's good that's, that's anything though, isn't it? Yeah. Like when I ask some mates to go out and they're like, oh, you want to go to that place? I'm like, oh, like, yeah, but... I'll go anywhere. Like, you know, like it doesn't it? really matter. Yeah. Like, but why does it matter where we're going? You know, like... Yeah. So, yeah, I've always believed that. Like if you... If I've got, I've always said, if I've got one good person that wants to come out with me or whatever, I can have a sick time no matter where, you know? No, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bruno, you went to a boarding school. Yes. When you were uh, when you were going to school, um, and a really nice school as well. Yeah. Um, I've done a little bit of work there. Um, but I can imagine going to boarding school has uh, generated certain stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that people tend to be interested. Have you got anything for us? Yeah, I, I think boarding or 
you know, things like society has changed so much. So I think one of the biggest things is that um, probably about four or five years ago, we had a reunion and we went through the, the new boarding houses and, and on to that. Because I'm you know, originally from Port Hedland, so I was, you know, very fortunate that my parents footed up some cash and, and got me to go to school in Perth because I think my life would be very different if I went to school in Port Hedland. Yeah. I, I definitely needed a bit of um, straight and narrow uh, discipline. Um, but anyway, when, when I went through through the tour of the boarding house, it was really quite funny to say. But what, one of the disappointing things is that we went through the, the, um, the shower area and they're all independent cubicles now. And um, I said to my mates, I said, Oh, that kind of sucks, and people <laughs> and people are like what? Like, why, why do you want to shower together, right? And then it's like people like get really interested and they really want to hear the stories. And they're like, okay, well, what happens in boarding school? Right? <laughs> yeah. it's not. But literally, we we had like a communal shower, and it was like four showers, and um, it was adjacent to you know the, the the toilet and the urinal, right? So if you're having a shower and someone wanted to use the shitter, they would get beaten up because you know, mate, you can't shit while we're showering because that's <laughs> like the moisture effect is no good. So go go somewhere else. Um, but we would finish sport or training during the week or whatever and um, we'd have a shower and then we'd, and we'd literally stay in there for about an hour and you'd just be facing each other, you know, all butt naked, of course, and, you, you know, and you'd finish washing yourself, but you're just having conversations, right? And then sometimes guys would pull on a plastic chair and they'd sit down and things like that. But you just had like these locker room chats and it was kind of like maybe what happened in the, you know, the old bygone era of football clubs and, and all the rest of it in the 70s and 80s. Um, but, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, I've, I've known since, you know, because I started boarding when I was 10 years old, um, you know, so I've, I've known them throughout that period of time, known them for well over 20 years. And I think some of that was quite bonding in regards to just chatting there. And, and um, nowadays I'm like going, so where, where do you have these chats now? Because it's not the same yelling over the cubicle, you know, no. you don't know who's there. You might be talking <laughs> about something and then someone, you know, walks in or, yeah. or something. But anyway, it was quite, quite funny. And I recently told a friend this story and they were quite amazed. And I was like, oh, that's what guys do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, I, you know, definitely I notice now if I, if I go to a gym, I mean, I don't prance around the gym butt naked, right? I keep my towel on, you know, but yeah, yeah. some people, they go, I can't believe people, you know, don't, don't get changed in the shower cubicle. And I'm really? like going, it's too small. It's yeah. like, it's hot. You've had a shower and you're wet and you're trying to dry yourself off. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but at some point in time, I'm going to have to drop my towel and put my <laughs> underwear on, yeah. you know, just don't look in my direction. You know, like it's, I'm not throwing it in your face <laughs> like but i've got to get changed so that's um, more on them than you though yeah i think so you know i mean i can understand where they look but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I think it's yeah i think little things like that in society have changed and i'm not saying that you know we should bring back communal showers and, and whatnot but definitely i think it um that you know my generation as you come through like with many things you know, things were a bit different. They were a bit harder, a bit real. Um, and I think for a little period then, I think we went through a bit of a kid club, uh, kid glove stage with, with, you know, adolescents growing up. I think now they're coming back a bit tougher. But um, I definitely say there's a generation maybe just after mine that I think, God, man, you guys are going to toughen up a bit. Well, I think um, just the, 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 the story for me is the importance of conversation and, and how they build relationships and... Mm you know, build trust in, you know, each other and, and friendship. So if you didn't have those experiences with those guys and the conversations that you had, would you have the same friendships as you have now? Oh, no. I mean, that's, to be honest, um, you know, and it's not for everyone because it, it was was tough in my in the first, you know, six to 12 months when I did do it. And I was quite young, like I said, I was 10. But um, I think the bond that you have from, you know, 
boarding for, for you know for seven years um majority of the guys like they, they come in when they're 13 like year eight so it was the last five years of, of school um the relationship i have with those guys it's very much like you know siblings like they're very much like brothers because there was a lot of shit that we got upset about i mean I know the guy who was the best man, you know, at my wedding, mm. you know, we used to fight. Like, we used to full-on have punch-ups and, like, hate each other at some point in time. But you kind of, like, get over that, mm. you know, and then you just, you know, you, you see past that. Um, and there's certain things now that I know that, you know, he, he's a top bloke, um, but he gets on people's nerves. And I just go, oh, yeah, that's just him. But once you know him, you go, oh, he's a really good guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't have got past you know, him being a prick at the time <laughs> um, to see like how good of a guy he was if I didn't have to live with him and things like that, which yeah, it does teach you a lot, a lot about tolerance and, and persisting with certain people and um, yeah, you know, how you can find really great relationships and people that you thought, no, they're not going to be a fit for me, but yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, one story I've got in, as in communal showers, so um, a lot of people, I played footy, um, so particularly in, in country football, so you'd, you'd have a big communal shower at the end. Just a hose, like, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be like five or six shower um, shower heads in a row, and there'd be, you know, basically just an open floor. So what the old guys would do with the rookies that would come in is um, they'd be talking to them, so standing next to them, talking to them or whatever, and making sure they're looking out, and they'd start weighing on their leg, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you'd be... Sitting there, you're watching this poor young guy getting pissed on while they're having a conversation without even knowing. And then once they work out, work it out, like just the disgust and in their face. So look, it's probably pretty cruel and, and, and a um, at the type of bullying. But, but I think if it's, it's sort of an initiation that a lot of people my my age had to go through, particularly with the older guys. Um, That's next yeah. level. But yeah. I, but I don't. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I can't advocate it, but I'm not saying it shouldn't have happened either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think sporting clubs are, are and again, sporting clubs are different now as well. A lot of the sporting clubs I go to, the, the facilities are so good. Like mm. you pretty much got your own individual ensuite in some places, um, you know, for, for the sporting team. So like, it's interesting. And I think there's, there's a lot of stories we could go, probably go to at another time about, you know, rookie um, treatment and, you know, in sporting clubs. I'm not sure you would have got much of it, Sam. No, I was, I was um, quite lucky, yeah. to be honest, I think, with my uh, younger rookie sort of season and whatnot. I don't think I, I copped too much of the uh, the brunt, maybe because I just, I don't know why, but, you know, but there's definitely some things, yeah, that, that are funny and... Um, some things go too far, though, yeah. You know. Like peeing on someone's leg, I think that's harmless fun. Help, yeah. help them with their tenure. But it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe you could just claim that they had a jellyfish sting or something like that and you're trying to help <laughs> yeah, them. Trying to help them out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to do the right thing. Um, so I noticed a thing uh, when you guys pulled up today. Mm. So both of you guys have imported cars. So my question to the podcasting world that listens to us, are you an arsehole <laughs> if you have an imported car? Well, <laughs> well Nixie, you... You've got about three minutes. You want to tell us how you really feel about us now? <laughs> I think I might just have a little bit of jealousy. Like in there, I'm driving a 2000 model Corolla. You know, and they're my beautiful car. You know, it's reliable and it gets me from A to B. That's but all it needs to do. Uh, rolls up in an Audi A4 and you've got your Mercedes out the front and I'm feeling a little bit um, 
you know, out of the club, I guess. So just change the badges on your Corolla, you're right. It's a shame. I mean, I, I think it, it's a shame that Australia's not manufacturing cars anymore and, and things like that. And I think, um, you know, my my uh, first car uh, that I had was a, a Holden WV Ute. Yep. You know, and I only had, only had that for a short period of time because God it drank the fuel, but it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so it is a bit of a shame that 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 uh, that element has disappeared now. But you know, maybe with uh, Tesla or someone like that, because we've got so much lithium, and you know, we you know we need to more technology and things like that. Maybe we'll start manufacturing again. Who knows? But you know, highly unlikely because God, you know, it's like two bags of rice to build a car overseas. So, yeah, 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 it's yeah. We need industry though, and I think that's yes. that's the thing. So. Um, Imagine, yeah. What do you think of electronic cars? I wouldn't mind a Tesla. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, mm. they look pretty cool. Some of them are quick as hell as well. Yeah, like the the um, one of the Tesla models is like, like Model S, I think. Yeah, yeah, like a hundred in like three seconds yeah. or something like that. It's all that like I think I heard the other day that they've they've got one that like the battery lasts for eight hours or something like constant driving. Yeah, well, I mean, I think now now you can get ranges that they get up to like plus 400 kilometers you know mm. and like for me my weekly k's is probably it's it's under 400 kilometers so i'm like going me driving in the city it's not going to be an issue you yep. know um and then people go oh but you can't drive rural but you know you can go down to bunbury and then it only takes you to go to a fast charging station it takes like what, 10 minutes to charge yeah. you know so I, I think it's going to get there uh and why not you know like well, the, 10 minutes yeah. charging for four, four hours driving or whatever like, yeah that's pretty good like yeah, I'd take that. Go there, have a coffee. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, especially if most. Uh, it's going to get to a point where most places are going to have a charging spot yeah. for the cars anyway. Yeah, so yeah. even if you are traveling country, I'm sure they're going to have yeah. a couple spots there where you can just park up and get yourself a pile or something like that and chuck it, chuck the charger in, and you'd be all sweet to go onto your next spot or whatever. So yeah, no, that's it. Um, want to say a big thank you to Bruno for coming on. Uh, make sure you get on to Ozra Music and, and follow uh, follow the page. I think you've got on Instagram and on Facebook. Yeah, thanks for So get on there and, and have a listen. Obviously, I'm very passionate about that industry and, and appreciate your insight uh, there because we'd have no idea, <laughs> you know, on that sort of stuff. Um, thank, uh, thank you for everyone that's been listening and, and sharing. Please share the podcast. Remember, hashtag opinions unqualified. Um, and we're hoping, and we say this every second week, is to get some uh, video content content yeah. out to you soon. Um, you got that in the pipe, Sammy? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, soon. I think we're gonna. I think it's just gonna happen. All right. I'm watching too many motivational videos for it to uh, not happen soon. <laughs> you got. You got to believe. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Cheers.